listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM and we're coming to you live from Hobart, Tasmania, right across Australia. Each weekday at 9am you can hear what the Bible says about past, current and future events. You can learn how to study the Bible more effectively. You can get to know who God is, why we're here and where we're going. And you can experience personal encounters with Jesus. I'm your host, Jason Cook, and today we have Peter Watts joining us in the studio. Welcome back, Peter. Good to be here, Jason, and welcome to the listeners. For some reason, I can't hear you. Let me just work out why. Here we go. Can, can I hear you, hear you now? now? There we go. Okay. Hopefully, Hopefully the listeners can hear me Our too. listeners can hear you as well, yes. Welcome, listeners. Awesome. Well, Peter, yes, great to have you back here. Um, what have you been up to? Um, well, a lot of work, really, a bit of travel. I was up in Launceston yesterday, but um, also, obviously, it was uh, Father's Day across Australia um, last Sunday, and so uh, I enjoyed a little bit of relaxing time with my wife. I did get a call from my son, who is in New South Wales, so that was very welcome. Awesome. But that's what we've been up to, yeah. Awesome, awesome. Um, I also had a uh, a bit of a relaxing Father's Day. Did a did a few odd jobs. That's good uh, news. All of my children are interstate at the moment, so we isn't, weren't able to get together. <laughs> isn't it nice that they have a, a day recognising the importance of fathers? Yeah, yeah. And I think that uh, both fathers and mothers are uh, very important in our lives, and uh, not everybody is privileged enough to have a father and a mother uh, living with them, uh, and so. Um, when we do have that privilege, we should recognise it as such. And mm. uh, yeah, it's good to have a Father's Day. It's good to have a chat on the phone to uh, both my father and uh, my children. Mm. Mm. Okay. So uh, today we're up to Daniel chapter 6 in our series. Yes. Um, do you want to just remind us what we did last week in Daniel 5? Yeah, sure. Well, in fact, uh, we, we could even uh, review the series a little bit. So we've been looking at... Um, this is a series is called Daniel and the God of Wisdom. We've been looking at the uh, the book of Daniel, and uh, today is chapter six, and it's the the last chapter of the historical section. So there are two sections to Daniel. Uh, the first six chapters are really about the historical uh, events that happen while Daniel is is there and uh, to happen to his friends, and they're recorded. And then the next few chapters, chapters 7 through 12, are actually visions and prophecies that Daniel receives, and he records those for us. However, even in the historical section, the first six chapters, there are the stories that occur there have very valuable lessons for us, uh, particularly those of us uh, who live today at mm. the end of time, mm. uh, because the book is actually written with the end of time in mind. Um, and so uh, we'll, when we come finally to chapter 12, it says, shut up the book and seal up the book until the time of the end. Um, and so uh, there is very pertinent lessons for us. Now, last week we looked at Daniel chapter 5, and that was the fall of Babylon. The writing on the wall. The writing on the wall. We uh, read about uh, Belshazzar, who uh, was uh, the, the last king ruling and reigning in Babylon when it fell. Um, and uh, we read about that, the writing on the wall, and Daniel comes in and reads that writing. And at the end of that chapter, chapter 5, we see that Babylon falls that very night, uh, that the king, King Belshazzar, is slain, and that uh, Darius the Mede receives the kingdom, uh, being about 62 years old. And Darius the Mede is a bit of a mystery figure in terms of the archaeological record. We we don't yet have 
evidence uh, of who this particular character mm. is. Um, some scholars assume that it is Cyrus's father-in-law, mm-hmm. uh, and that would make sense because it says he's 62 years of age when he takes on the kingdom. Um, and it's very clear, too, by the time you get to the end of chapter 6 of Daniel, Daniel mentions Cyrus as the king of the Persians as well. So Daniel is not confused about who's king. He knows that Cyrus has been the one who's ultimately conquered the whole empire, and he's ruling the Persian empire. But hmm. Darius the Mede seems to be a regional ruler. Hmm. Um, and, you know, just as we said last week uh, that Belshazzar, was a character we couldn't find anywhere uh, in a, the references outside of Scripture, and then we found then these. Ar- found it. Yeah. Then we found it in archaeological, um, mm. you know, remains. Mm. Uh, likewise, I expect at some point uh, we'll get more clarification on who mm. Darius the Medes. But uh, we begin at Daniel chapter six, and uh, maybe I will read. I'll get you to read rather. Um, just just before we do, oh, I do okay. want to remind our listeners: uh, you can go back and listen to our past episodes That's for important. Daniel on uh, the Faith FM website. That's faithfm.com.au. Or you can use the Faith FM app. That's the app of Faith FM Australia. You can get from the Google App Store or the Apple App Store as well. So download those apps. You can listen both to our live programs and also the past episodes. Where would they go, Jason? So they're looking for uh, Tassie Encounters? Um, in, in terms of when you get the app, you yep. go to uh, Listen or Browse. There's, right. uh, depending on if you're on the website, it's under the Listen menu. Mm-hmm. And you've got Programs and Podcasts. And under there, you can find Tassie Encounters. Or you can also look specifically for Daniel and the God of Wisdom. Okay. So these uh, programs go into two areas. One is under our Tassie Encounters umbrella, know, five day a week um, um, umbrella, but also Daniel and the God of Wisdom is its own series. So, okay, mm, terrific. So you can find it there. All right. Um, and of course, uh, today we've got our uh, free book offer, and we've got some questions for you. So do note down our show number zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one. We'd love to hear from you today. So uh, text us in um, when we ask you, or you can text us in any time, really. Mm. Any time, even during the week, you can text us in because we do monitor that. So 0488-880-891 is our number. All right. Now we need to get into it. Okay. <laughs> so Daniel chapter 6 is sometimes uh, referred to as Daniel in the lion's den. And uh, maybe uh, if you uh, grew up listening to Christian uh, stories or Bible stories, you might remember this one as being Daniel in the lion's den. If you've never heard this chapter before, uh, well, we're going to set the scene for you. So, yeah, when we went um, began with Daniel chapter one, that chapter is set in about 605 BC when Nebuchadnezzar um, came and overthrew Jerusalem and took some of the captives, including Daniel to Babylon and Daniel was a teenager at that time maybe 17 18 years of age something like that now in Daniel chapter 6 Darius the Mede is ruling the kingdom Uh, the Medes and the Persians have overthrown Babylon as we uh, mentioned Babylon falls in chapter 5 and so we're now looking at about 539 BC and Daniel is around he's in his 80s perhaps about 85 years of age and so that's worth bearing in mind as we you know set the scene for this um, this uh, passage. So I'm going to get you to read Daniel chapter 6, verses 1 to 3, please, Jason. It says, It pleased Darius to set over the kingdom 120 satraps to be over the whole kingdom, and over these three governors, of whom Daniel was one. 
that the satraps might give account to them so that the king would suffer no loss. Let me pause there. What's a satrap? We're wondering. That's right. Yeah. I have no idea. <laughs> it's a, basically a regional governor, an administrator. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's it's just an official, uh, you know, like a, a middle manager kind of thing, um, but, but more a, a regional governor. It's pretty good that Daniel was uh, taking up a new responsibility, a new position at that age as well. Mm. Well, <laughs> you, you take, uh, just read the verse three and we'll come reflect on that in a moment. It says, then this Daniel distinguished himself above the governors and satraps because an excellent spirit was in him and the king gave thought to setting him over the whole realm. Okay, uh, so this is very fascinating. So we have just, you know, we mentioned the fall of Babylon, Daniel 5. Here comes the new ruler hmm. of the Medes and the Persians, Darius the Mede is ruling this part of the kingdom and he's set up 120 uh, regional governors of which um, over them there were three chief administrators if you like and Daniel's one of those Mm. and the king is thinking you know this Daniel he's distinguished himself above the governors this is quite interesting you you talk at the beginning of the book of Daniel and it says uh, God put it into the heart of of the chief of the eunuchs to you know he brought him into favor with Mm. the chief of the eunuchs and daniel certainly must have had a character that was not only uh you know a brilliant administrator and a wise man man and able to understand mysteries and so forth but he's obviously had a personality that was very favorable Mm. that people found it easy to be in his presence either to respect him and so forth and and here god is bringing him into favor once again Mm. with this ruler of a completely different empire uh and you know how rare that would be to have an administrator in the Babylonian kingdom who then is also placed as an administrator uh, over this um, Medo-Persian kingdom too. So I think part of that um, is because, uh, first of all, he's older. I mean, he's quite an old man here in his mid-80s compared to the average lifespan back then. But also... um, he was doesn't seem to have been an official in Belshazzar's regime, right? Because and, and he was called in he was to called uh, in interpret and, the yeah, writing. Yeah, yeah and mm. he was not... Uh, it was the Queen who actually suggested him. Mm. So he, this is not like one of Belshazzar's right-hand men. Mm. So maybe he'd been out of the administration for a little while. Mm. And also he had predicted that Babylon would fall to the Medes and the Persians, and mm. we're going to see that in um, other episodes. And so uh, the, those very factors might, and because he was not a Babylonian himself, he was a, a Jew, and therefore maybe um, Darius the Mede felt that he's a good administrator, he's very wise, he's experienced, we're going to use him, and uh, even thinks to put him in charge of the whole realm. Let's read the next few verses before we go to the break. Yeah, okay, so this is first four through nine. Uh, Daniel chapter 6, verse 4. So the governors and satraps sought to find some charge against Daniel concerning the kingdom, but they could find no charge or fault because he was faithful, nor was there any fault, uh, error or fault found in him. Then these men said, We shall not find any charge against this Daniel unless we find it against him concerning the law of his God. So the governors and satraps thronged before the king and said thus to him, King Darius, live forever. All the governors of the kingdom, the administrators and satraps, counselors and advisors have consulted together to establish a royal statute and to make a firm decree that whoever petitions any god or man for 30 days except you, O king, shall be cast into the den of lions. 
Now, O king, establish the decree and sign the writing so that it cannot be changed according to the law of the Medes and the Persians, which does not alter. Therefore, King Darius signed the written decree. So we're going to unpack that a little bit uh, when Mm. we come back after the break. Interesting. The the key message I'm getting here is that um, these guys were, I guess, jealous of of Daniel. But um, reminds you of politics, doesn't it? Yeah, <laughs> they, they wanted to bring down the leader so that mm. they too that they may be able to replace him. But nevertheless, uh, Daniel, we know, was a faithful man. Mm. And uh, this next song is called "Find Us Faithful." But uh, before we go to the break, what beliefs do you hold that are absolute and you would never compromise on? We see Daniel here uh, doing that. But this is Find Us Faithful by Christian Berdahl. We're pilgrims on the journey of the narrow road And those who've gone before us line the way Cheering on the faithful Encouraging the weary Their lives a stirring testament To God's sustaining grace Surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses Let us run the race not only for the prize But as those who've gone before us, let us leave to those behind us the heritage of faithfulness passed on through godly lives. Oh, may all who come behind us find us faithful. May the fire of our their way. May the footprints that we leave lead them to believe, and the lives we live inspire them to obey. Oh, may all who come behind us find us faithful. have come and gone And our children sift through all we've left behind May the clues that they discover And the memories they uncover Become the light that leads them To the road we each must find Oh, Find us faithful May the fire of our devotion Light their way May the footprints that we leave Lead them to believe And the lives we live Inspire them to
Tassie Encounters on Faith FM and today we're speaking with Peter Watts on the topic of Daniel chapter 6 and this is talking about Daniel when he was thrown into the lion's den, a a well-known story. Mm. And we just uh, read a little bit about how the satraps um, were jealous, the other leaders, the Mm. other uh, leaders in Daniel's position were jealous of him because the king was considering promoting him i guess yeah and uh, they weren't too happy about that no and uh i mean i suppose you know a lesson we can draw from this ourselves is um do we ever suffer from professional jealousy you know where we see another person place maybe in the place where we work uh who's been promoted or favored or recognized um how do we feel about that mm-hmm. um you know do we we get jealous jealousy is uh, quite an ugly trait um, envy and jealousy are, uh, are not virtues, and uh, sometimes we we feel that way. And simply, uh, maybe it's because we are less secure about our own um, position in life, and that we we resent or, or begrudge somebody, um, you know, being honoured or recognised or, or um, promoted. And um, yeah, we just need to be careful about that. And uh, I think. Um, here in what's interesting in this passage too is they've there's there's an interesting passage where it says the 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 law of the Medes and the Persians which does not change mm. you know once you've made the law you can't change it mm. um, and it's actually a, a contest you've got a contest here between the law of God which is unchangeable and the law of the Medes and the Persians which is unchangeable mm. and what's interesting about that is is well what law are we talking about here so uh, they're talking about you can't pray to anybody but the king for 30 days mm. Well, the Bible says you shall have no other gods before me. Hmm. And so um, what is Daniel going to do? We're going to find out about that. Um, but they they are wanting, really, the only reason for this is they're not wanting to flatter the king. They just want to catch Daniel out. And it's uh, also a reminder to us to think about what motivates us to do things or not do things. Hmm. Um, you know, what are those motives and um, are they being guided by the Spirit of God? All right, so let us read, um, let's just read verse 10. I really like verse 10. It says, Now when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went home, and in his upper room, with his windows open toward Jerusalem, he knelt down on his knees three times that day, and prayed and gave thanks before his God, as was his custom since early days. There's so, so much in this one so, verse. So he did not change anything. <laughs> no, in fact, more than that, it seems to me, it seems to me that Daniel is saying, "Well, I'm going to uh, do what I've always done, which mm. is pray to God, 
And not only am I going to do what I've always done, I'm going to make sure that I don't in any way try to hide the fact mm. that I'm going to pray to God. You think he could have easily closed the windows. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, even Jesus says, you know, uh, he who sees in secret will reward you openly. Mm. But Daniel here is aware of why he must have been aware why this law was, was passed. Why, you know, it said before uh, in the early passage, it said uh, the administrators and the, the governors, they thronged before the king. And it sort of reminds me a little bit of uh, a football match where mm. the referee makes a decision and all the players gather around him and they're trying to pressure the referee to make a decision. Mm. Um, and it, it, clearly they're wanting to, um, you know, get him to make this decision, which he does. He signs the writing and it says when Daniel knew the writing was signed, you know, because he didn't have to mention that sentence. He could have said, and Daniel went about his business and went mm. and prayed. Mm. But it's when he knew that the writing was signed, he went home. It says in his upper room, Windows open towards Jerusalem. Let me pause there for a minute. Why is his windows open towards Jerusalem? There's a passage in the Old Testament when they had built the Temple of Solomon at the time of uh, Jeru- uh, the time of Solomon. They built the temple in Jerusalem, and they had decreed at that time that if anybody found themselves far from Jerusalem in another part of the country or in another country and they wanted to pray to God, they were praying towards Jerusalem. In other words, God's uh, presence was manifested there at the temple and therefore they would pray towards Jerusalem and and that would be an indicator that they're praying to the God of Jerusalem. Mm. Uh, In a way, I don't know if um, any of our listeners have ever been to the Middle East. It's similar to to Muslims who pray to Mecca. Correct. So Mm. if you go to the Middle East uh, I've stayed in a number of Muslim countries Mm. and in the countries you go into the hotel room and there is an arrow on the ceiling or the wall pointing to Mecca Mm. um, which is quite remarkable so that people when they're in their room they can pray and they're praying towards Mecca and of course that was set up probably with this in mind Mm. set up centuries after you know we're talking about 1500-1600 years after the the building that Solomon Mm. built Um, but it's the same sort of idea Christians today incidentally we still pray towards Jerusalem but we pray towards the heavenly Jerusalem, mm. which is where our king is, Jesus. Mm. And so, um, in a way, we still pray towards Jerusalem, but it's the heavenly Jerusalem. So Daniel is praying, and it says he knelt down three times that day. Um, there's a passage I might get you to pull up there, Jason, actually. It's in Psalm 55. And uh, if you could read for us Psalm 55, 16 to 18. It says, As for me, I will call upon God, and the Lord shall save me. Evening and morning and at noon I will pray and cry aloud, and he shall hear my voice. He has redeemed my soul in peace from the battle that was against me, for there were many against me. All right. So here's an interesting psalm that talks about praying morning, noon and night. Mm. Uh, And, uh, you know, this is Daniel's practice. Maybe he uh, had memorized that passage of scripture and that was his uh, prayer from early days. So he is praying. He's aware of the writing and he is not going to allow this law of the Medes of the Persians. He's 85 years old. You know, Daniel is not going to say, you know what, I think I'll give up praying now. Mm. That's not going to be what he's done this all his life uh, and he is committed and nothing is going to change. And there might be a new regime now. It's no longer the Babylonians. It's now the Medes and the Persians, but he's not going to change. And so let's read verses 11 through 13. It says, Then these men assembled and found Daniel praying and making supplication before his God. And they went before the king and spoke concerning the king's decree. 
Have you not signed a decree that every man who petitions any god or man within thirty days, except you, O king, shall be cast into the den of lions? The king answered, The thing is true according to the law of the Medes and Persians, which does not alter. So they answered and said before the king, That Daniel, who is one of the captives from Judah, does not show due regard for you, O king, or for the decree that you have signed, but makes his petition three times a day. Okay, so the, this is, uh, you know, the other rulers and governors, they're seeing Daniel, they've, they've uh, probably set spies, you know, to, to once they've got the, the writing, they've got the, the law written and it's been sealed by the king, now they're going to try and trap their man. And this is entrapment, mm. right? They, they're aware that what Daniel's practices are and they've mentioned the only way we're going to catch him out is in the, uh, you know, in relation to him and his God. And so they set a trap for him and uh, by his very normal behavior, he falls into that trap. Um, and they uh, go back to the king and they accuse him. By the way, this is very similar to the way the devil operates. You know, you can see Satan uh, in the background of all of this because what he does is he sort of uh, sets up a situation where uh, to try and trip you up, and when you do trip up, he'll then go and accuse you. Hmm. And um, so you can definitely see... And, and that. that's that's happened already. We've seen it in Daniel um, chapter 3 with the... Daniel's friends. Yeah, exactly. Same thing. Same thing, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And it's interesting. The success of their evil plan depended upon Daniel's faithfulness. Mm. If Daniel had not been faithful, their plan wouldn't have worked. Mm. You know, so um, they, they, they sort of knew him well enough to know he's going to remain faithful. Mm. And so let's try and uh, catch him out. Um, all right. So the king's law could not be altered. Let's read uh, the next little passage here. We're going to read down through uh, verse 14, 17. 14, 14 to 17. Yep. And the king, when he heard these words, was greatly displeased with himself and set his heart on Daniel to deliver him. And he labored till the going down of the sun to deliver him. Then these men approached the king and said to the king, Know, O king, that it is the law of the Medes and Persians that no decree or statue which the king establishes may be changed. So the king gave the command, and they brought Daniel and cast him into the den of lions. But the king spoke, saying to Daniel, Your God, whom you serve continually, he will deliver you. Then a stone was brought and laid on the mouth of the den, and the king sealed it with his own signet ring, and with the signets of his lords, that the purpose concerning Daniel might not be changed. All right. So here I imagine that the king is realizing at this point that actually he has been duped yeah. into signing this law because he didn't really want to condemn Daniel. He's done something stupid. <laughs> yeah, he's made a foolish he's... error, but he signed it, and he knows that the obviously the tradition of the Medes and the Persians is once the king signs a law, nobody can change it. And so uh, he's going to carry this out. But I really like the king's confidence in the God that Daniel worships. See, he must have known Daniel pretty well, mm. and he must have known the uh, perhaps a bit of Daniel's history as well, yeah. you know, in terms of his faithfulness to God. Well, evidently, I mean, uh, we know that at the beginning of the chapter, he sets up all of these regional governors. He sets mm. Daniel as the, one of the top three. So he must have spent enough time with Daniel to know this guy knows what he's talking about. Mm. Uh, he's trustworthy. He's faithful and so forth. Good character. And uh, so, yeah, he's regretting that he's signed this 
law that's going to send Daniel to the lion's den, but he's also confident that the God he serves is going to deliver him, which I think is interesting. Mm, absolutely. We need to go to another break. I just want to acknowledge some messages that we've uh, had in from Naomi. Um, she's said a number of things, but uh, in um, in particular, she's talked about uh, keeping of the Sabbath and uh, to reflect God's character. I think that was an important so, question. Yeah, the question what, we asked. What yeah. beliefs do you hold that are absolute and you would never compromise on? So. These are some of the answers that uh, Naomi's texted in. So we'd love to hear from you today as well, um, as well as Naomi. Thanks, Naomi, for texting in. What beliefs do you hold that are absolute and you would never compromise on? Text us in on 0488880891. This uh, next song is On My Knees. This is by Jackie Velasquez.
listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM, and today we're speaking with Peter Watts on the series Daniel and the God of Wisdom. This program is made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio. Before the break, Peter, we were talking about how the king um, had to follow through on this decree, mm, and yeah. he had to put Daniel in the lion's den. But what stood out to me most was that the fact that the king had faith in Daniel's God to save him. Mm, he said, your God whom you serve continually, he recognized mm. Daniel was not a, he wasn't a once a week guy. He didn't sort of go along to church once a week and that was his, you know, he'd, he'd done his bit. He he recognized that he served God continually and that he expected that God would deliver him. Mm. And uh, interesting, you know, we mentioned before about the law, once the law had been set that it couldn't be changed. And, um, you know, it's it's uh, how uh, important is your word to other people? In other words, if you say you're going to do something, uh, will you actually do it? Mm. Uh, you know, we we seem to be very uh, cha- more changeable now than perhaps before. But uh, he's been conned into writing this law up, and he's put Daniel in the lion's den. I think we're up to verse eighteen, mm. and let's read uh, eighteen through twenty-three. We'll see um, what we can find in this story as it goes along. It says now the king went to his palace and spent the night fasting, and no musicians were brought before him. Also, his sleep went from him. Yeah, okay. So he's just put Daniel in the lion's den. Mm. He's, a, a, a stone has been rolled over the mouth of the den. He's, he's sealed it. The other officials have sealed it. Uh, so it can't be opened unless the king you know, calls for it to be opened. And so uh, he's having this sleepless night. It says mm. n- uh, no musicians were brought I'm, before. I'm no entertainment. Um, I'm assuming that's a bit like us turning on the TV to to relax at night yeah, yeah, and watch yeah. a program or something. Yeah, he's, 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 um, he doesn't want distractions. He's mm. concerned for Daniel. And he's fasting. Yeah. Mm. Interesting. Mm. Uh, then the king arose very early in the morning and went to uh, went in haste to the den of lions. And when he came to the den, he cried out with a lamenting voice to Daniel. The king spoke, saying to Daniel, Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God, whom you serve continually, been able to deliver you from the lions? Okay, so uh, he's making this inquiry, inquiry. So, you know, he hasn't... Uh, I don't know if he got much sleep that night. It says the sleep went from him, mm. and uh, early in the morning mm. uh, he goes down and to, to find that, out. And That's first light, I Yeah, imagine. he's hopeful, uh, you know, even though mm. he's got confidence. He's mentioned that he's confident that God can deliver him. He's going down, and uh, he's, he's going to find out, and um, he's calling. He's calling him out, um, and it's interesting, calls him servant of the living God. Yeah. Uh, then Daniel said to the king, O king, live forever. My God sent his angel and shut the lion's mouths so that they have not hurt me because I was found innocent before him. And also, O king, I have done no wrong before you. Okay, so Daniel here is crediting God. Uh, God has sent an angel. The angel has shut the lion's mouths and, and Daniel has had a peaceful night with these uh, animals. Um, and, uh, you know, what's interesting is uh, we we find out later on that these were were hungry lions. So these mm. were not lions that had, um, you know, had so much to eat that they were no longer hungry. But God has uh, 
shut the mouths. And it also demonstrates God's power over nature. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the end of the day, uh, the um, the nations of the world, it's going to be interesting um, that a lion appears actually in uh, the next chapter of Daniel, in Daniel chapter 7. One of the the beasts. Yeah, Mm. and uh, God is going to demonstrate that he knows what the future of the beasts is and so forth as well. But here God has, um, you know, power over nature, and so he's able to uh, control those lions, and uh, they haven't hurt him. And um, it says, because I was found innocent before him, that's before God, and also, O king, I've done no wrong before you. So, you know, Daniel is aware, if you like, that he is um, in the lion's den, not because of anything he's done wrong for God or anything he's done wrong with the king. And by the way, if you were Daniel and you ended up throwing in, in the lion's den, you might be thinking, come on, God, you know, I've been faithful all my life. I'm 85 years of age. You know, why Why is this happening to me? Mm, mm. You know, surely maybe God doesn't exist or, you know, maybe God doesn't care about me anymore. Hell. Um, how could this possibly be happening to me? But he doesn't flinch. No. You know, he's absolutely faithful and he mm. recognizes that it's not God who's putting him through this, t- uh, you know, t- test or torment Mm. this is happening to him because of his faithfulness not because of a lack of faithfulness or a lack of care on god's part or that god has no you know has left him Um, but in fact god is demonstrating through him what it's really like to be a believer you know daniel is carrying himself in a fashion through this trial uh, in a dignified manner he's remaining faithful um, and, you know, regardless of what is happening to him. So, yeah. Now, let's read verse... Uh, did we do 23? Um, no, I don't think so. Let's read that. It says, Now the king was exceedingly glad for him and commanded that they should take Daniel up out of the den. So Daniel was taken up out of the den and no injury whatever was found on him because he believed in his God. Mm, okay, so Daniel is coming out of the lion's den. And again, this reminds me a little bit of uh, Daniel chapter 3 with the um, the uh, fiery furnace mm. where Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, they are also standing up for their beliefs. They're also unwilling to bow to a law that basically contradicts one of God's laws. So in Daniel chapter 3, it was bow down to the image uh, or be killed. Uh, and the Bible says you shall not bow down or worship uh, images. So they decided they wouldn't do that, and they were thrown into the fiery furnace, but they were delivered through that experience, and not only were they unhurt, they didn't even have the smell of fire on them, Mm. you know, when they came out. So this is a very similar situation. Um, In fact, if you uh, look at Daniel chapter 3, what you have in Daniel 3 is false worship compelled, worship the golden image. And in Daniel 6, you have true worship forbidden. Mm. Two, two, different, uh, two different aspects, aspects of a similar of the theme. Thing, yeah. 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 So false worship compelled, mm-hmm. Daniel 3, and true worship forbidden, Daniel 6. And these <clears> are going to be elements that we are going to find at the end of time. Particularly, you see this in uh, Revelation chapter 13, where an image is set up and people are caused to worship the image 
uh, or be killed. So um, these these are issues that uh, are important to understand uh, as we go along. I think we're going to take another break, and then we're going to finish off the chapter with uh, verses 24 through 28. But beyond that, we want to have a look at some of the lessons we can learn from this. Yeah. Now, our book offer today is called End Time Living, Essential Truths for Troubled Times. And uh, I guess for Daniel, this uh, night in the lion's den was a challenging time. And uh, sometimes we face challenging times as well. So this is by Mark Finley. It says, the past is still with us. All of us live with the consequences of choices we made back then. But what choices are you making today? How do you want to live your life in the future? Mark Finley, he's a speaker emeritus of uh, the It Is Written television broadcast. He shares the essential Bible truths in this book to help all of us make better decisions in these troubled times. God gave humans the ability to make moral choices. Today, we need that ability more than ever. That is such a true statement, is it Mm. not? After the break, we'll give you the code for this book. But this is Evidence... It's a great song by Jason Horde. All throughout my history Your faithfulness has walked beside me The winter storms made way for spring In every season From where I'm standing I see the evidence of your goodness All over my life All over my life I see your promises and fulfillment All over my life All over my life All over my life 
You're listening to Taz Encounters on Faith FM and today we're finishing up our program with Peter Watts. But before the break, I, I promised we'd give you the code for our book offer today. And uh, Daniel number six is the code. And that could have been guessed and it was guessed by one or two people. So Daniel six is the code for today. Text that in to 0488-880-891 with no spaces to claim, claim this book. End Time Living by Mark Finley. Uh, during the break, uh, Peter, we had a question come in from Naomi to say fasting. How important is it for us? Yeah, so fasting is um, important. It's certainly featured in the Bible a number of times. Um, what's interesting is they're now starting to discover scientifically the benefits of fasting, the health benefits of fasting. Mm. Um, and um, Jesus mentions it in uh, Ma- uh, Matthew, sorry, Matthew chapter 6, 16 to 18. And I'll just read this out. It says, moreover, when you fast. So I just point out here, Jesus says, if you fast, if you when. Fast, when. <laughs> when you fast. So this is something that Jesus uh, is anticipating will be part of the normal Christian life. We know that Jesus had a major fast in early in his, you know before his ministry mm. it says moreover when you fast do not do be like the hypocrites with a sad countenance for they disfigure their faces that they may appear to men to be fasting assuredly i say to you they have their reward but when you fast anoint your head and wash your face in other words go about your normally day you know you're not making a big deal about it you're not fasting for the benefit of other people mm. you're not fasting for the benefit of attention right the reason for fasting is to focus our minds on the things of God. And he says, um, you know, anoint your head, uh, wash your face so that you do not appear to men to be fasting, but to your father who is in the secret place and your father who sees in secret will, will reward you openly. So uh, fasting is uh, the practice of self-denial. The Bible talks about that and um, enabling us to focus our minds more clearly on God and his plan for us. So, uh, you know, periodic fasting is, is a good thing. It's a biblical thing. Mm. Okay, we better get into these last few verses. Peter. We had. We are in Daniel chapter 6, and I think we're up to verse, did we get to verse 24? I think we did. Yes. So let's read 24 through 28, and we'll pick up a few things here. And the king gave the command, and they brought those men who had accused Daniel, and they cast them into the den of lions, them, their children, and their wives. And the lions overpowered them and broke all their bones in pieces before they ever came to the bottom of the den. I just want to comment on that because this this is this seems severe retribution for these uh, accusers, isn't it? And, and their families. And their families. And this was uh, this was often the case in ancient times. And I think one of the lessons I think that. It we could pick up from this is that the decisions that we make 
often have an impact on those around us, mm. on our families, on our wives, our spouses, our children. Mm. The decisions that we make have impact upon those. And so when we make decisions, we might say, oh, well, I'm going to decide to, to uh, you know, do this or that. We don't. It's it's a, it can be a very selfish decision because we don't think about what an impact it's going to have on those around us. Mm. And these men obviously made a decision that was going to call them into judgment, but not only them, but their entire household. Mm. And um, it says the lions overpowered them, broke all their bones in pieces before they ever came to the bottom of the den. This demonstrates that the lions were hungry, you know, and therefore magnifies the miracle that occurred in these lions not. Um, you know, damaging Daniel in any way. And again, it's a little bit like uh, Daniel chapter 3, where the ones who threw in Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego into the, into the fiery furnace, they died. Hmm. Uh, you know, they, they were to stoke the fire up and make it seven times hotter than normal. They actually died. And so uh, it's fascinating in many of these things. God not only demonstrates the delivery, the deliverance, of his people, but he also demonstrates the retribution or the uh, consequences mm. for those who uh, are, you know, uh, thinking and, and acting in an evil way. So let's read uh, 25 onwards. Then King Darius wrote, To all peoples, nations, and languages that dwell in all the earth, peace be multiplied to you. I make a decree that in every dominion of my kingdom men must tremble and fear before the God of Daniel, for he is the living God, and steadfast forever. His kingdom is the one which shall not be destroyed, and his dominion shall endure to the end. He delivers and rescues, and he works signs and wonders in heaven and on earth. Who has, sorry, who has delivered Daniel from the powers of the lions? So this Daniel prospered in the reign of Darius, and uh, in the king, oh, sorry, and in the reign of Cyrus the Persian. All right. So there are a few things here. First of all, from twenty-five through twenty-seven, you have this decree of King Darius of the Medes and the Persians, similar to what Nebuchadnezzar did earlier. Exactly. As well. Yeah. This reminds us of uh, Daniel chapter four, where Nebuchadnezzar gives this decree of recognizing the. God of heaven, mm. the God of the Bible, the God of Daniel, and, uh, you know, letting the world know, if you like, this is what happened. So, um, and then I think da uh, even verse 28 is interesting because it says, Daniel prospered in the reign of Darius and in the reign of Cyrus the Persian. So Daniel is not ignorant of the fact that Cyrus is the, the king of the empire of the Medes and the Persians. Mm. But this verse alone tells us that Darius must have been a regional king in the reign of uh, Cyrus. And so uh, one day I'm sure we'll find more evidence of who this character is. Mm. Um, I just wanted to point out some things from this chapter before we um, move, we're coming to a close shortly. But there's an interesting comparison between Daniel and Jesus when you look at Daniel chapter 6. So for instance, in Daniel chapter 6 and in the life of Jesus, there were people who sought to find some charge against him. Mm. In both Daniel and Jesus, the ruler could find no fault in him. In both Daniel and Jesus, there was an appeal to political authority to accuse him. And then in both Daniel and Jesus, a decision is made and Jesus goes and Daniel goes to the upper room. Hmm. They both pray three times. Jesus prayed three times in the Garden of Gethsemane. Daniel prays three times in the upper room. Uh, the ruler wanted to release him. 
Pontius Pilate wanted to release Jesus, uh, but he could not because the people said, crucify him, crucify him. Uh, it says they lay, labored till the going down of the sun. That's interesting because Jesus dies toward the going down of the sun. When Jesus dies, you know, and he's put in the tomb towards the going down of the sun. Um, the stone covered the tomb or the den. Uh, its seal is placed on the stone. That's mentioned as well in uh, Matthew twenty-seven uh, sixty-six. Then you've got very early in the morning, of course, Jesus arose. Uh, no injury, whatever was found on him. He's going to rule over an everlasting uh, kingdom. And uh, we're, we're called for the patience of the saints in terms of keeping the commandments of God. So there was lots of uh, lessons for us um, that we should, like Daniel, remain faithful in the presence of trials and challenges. Mm, absolutely. And uh, it it so well demonstrates this, doesn't it? And mm. Naomi said in a message that... Um, you know, we need to be faithful in the little things so that we can then also be faithful in the big things. And that is that is so true. We need to start in anything that we do to remain faithful to God mm. and to others. Uh, next week, we'll be going on to Daniel chapter 7, um, where we start talking about the prophetic Yeah, the prophetic uh, visions that visions, Daniel received. Yeah, uh, talking about various beasts and things. Tomorrow, we've got Daniel Mateo with Facets of Faith. Uh, this is a new series, uh, second episode. We'll be covering the topic of the Word, which is talking about Scripture tomorrow. So we do hope that you can join us tomorrow on that program. And do remember our book offer today, End Time Living by Robert J. Wheeland. Uh, no, that's not right. I've uh, written that down correctly. It's by Mark Finley, Essential Truths for Troubled Time. We're going to leave you now with this song. It's called I Will Never Leave You Alone by Paul Zack. And uh, may God be with you today, wherever you are, and may he not leave you alone. God bless. When your fear comes marching Like an army And you hear all the pounding Of the drums Where your cries for justice Come up empty When you ask In weakness, Lord, how long When they sing with their creeds and confessions with blinded eyes and hearts of stone, when they paid no heed to your oppression, I will never. Games when they 
gave you all your trouble Black and nooses I'm beside you in your suffering No, I will never 